Good morning. Since I know many are going through sport fan withdrawal, how about we begin with a baseball story this morning? There's a story told of a rookie baseball player just up from the minor leagues who was sent up to bat against the great Hall of Fame pitcher from the St. Louis Cardinals, Bob Gibson, when he was in his prime, Bob Gibson. Just off the bench and as nervous as someone on his first date, the rookie stepped up to the plate and took a couple of tentative practice swings as the great right-hander Gibson glared down at him from the mound. Then with a great wind-up and pitch, Gibson blew two consecutive fastballs right down the center of the plate so fast that the poor rookie didn't even have time to swing his bat. Then the rookie surprised everyone as he turned on his heels and started back to the dugout. What are you doing? His manager shouted at him as he approached the dugout steps. Get back out there. You've got another pitch coming. Ah, let him have it, the rookie said. I've seen enough already. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe today, outmatched by life, up against what seems to be impossible odds, depressed, downhearted, hopeless, and overpowered by life. What do we do when the world bullies us into a corner? Where do we turn when trouble traps us? Hard questions. Well, there is good news. As we gather virtually today, many weeks after Easter, we still can encounter the resurrected Christ, the one who has triumphed over the cross and the grave, the one who stands eternal with God, who says to us as he did to the disciples when they were all cornered and outmatched, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone. I won't abandon you. Orphans. Orphans. Now, that's a word we don't hear very often anymore. It's not a popular word. In fact, I think we try to avoid the thought that orphans even exist anymore. And yet, just as an example, it's estimated that the South China Sea tsunami that struck right about Christmas time a number of years ago, left as many as 1.5 million children orphaned. 1.5 million. Just think, one and a half million kids left without any sort of parents from just that one tragedy. And there are so many more children like these who have been made orphans each day today. And we know that it isn't just children without parents who are orphans. There are countless others who feel abandoned, who feel alone without help, who are left without guidance or comfort, who feel like orphans as well. We consider folks like the 55-year-old factory worker who was laid off recently when the plant closed, leaving him no prospect of another job. 
feeling weary to consider retraining without skills that can be retooled, he feels alone. Unemployed and living off pension funds that will soon run out, who is there to say to him, I will not leave you orphaned. I will not abandon you. Or how about the 80-year-old alone at home after 50-plus years of marriage? Her spouse, now passed on to glory, we find her nodding off in front of the television set with a half-eaten frozen meal in front of her. She's alone in a house too big for her, children with lives of their own scattered around the country. Who is there to say to her, I will not leave you orphaned? Or it may be the teenager who's different from the rest, or the man or woman whose spouse has left them, the business person whose business is in danger due to the pandemic, or the parent whose child has suddenly left home. Or it could be you or any of the countless others in the world around us in this pandemic who feel alone and with sinking hope and without direction. Maybe you feel like that rookie facing Bob Gibson. I've seen enough already. To them and to us, there is good news this morning. There is someone who is here to say, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not abandon you. In the gospel reading today, we revisit Jesus sitting with the disciples in the upper room the night of his betrayal. Judas has already fled the gathering, his betrayal a shock to all of them. Another disciple's denial is predicted, and the pain of the cross awaits them all. And in the midst of that very uncertain moment in the disciples' lives, Jesus reaches out to them in love, saying, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In just a little while, the world will not see me again, but you will. For I will live again, and you will too. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you, a counselor who is the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you. I will not abandon you. I will send you a counselor, an advocate, a comforter, a friend who will care for you, who will offer you hope when there is none to be found, help when you are helpless, comfort when you can find none, and life in the face of death. The Holy Spirit is God's guiding gift to us. The Holy Spirit is God's comforting presence in life even when there are no other people at our side. The Holy Spirit calls us then as messengers of God's love to the unemployed, the young and the elderly, the sick and rejected, the unhappy, the sorrowful, the lonely and the dying. Even when we are physically distanced, God says it can still be us, for we are the ones now whom God entrusts with the good news Jesus offered his disciples in the upper room that night. We are the ones sent forth in creative ways to share God's love. The theme of love dominates this passage of Scripture. 
In verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. In Jesus' great love for us, he promises us one whose presence will always be at the ready to comfort us. One could easily make the case that where there is no love, there is no comfort. For all, too many of us, our Christian faith is centered 18 inches too high. What do I mean? 18 inches is the distance between our head and our heart. This 18-inch difference between head and heart is the difference between knowing about God and knowing God, meaning between understanding the idea of the presence of God and being open to experiencing it and therefore experiencing it. You see, ideas are powerful things. However, an idea has no power to heal a broken heart. An idea cannot take away the pain of heartache or fill the void of a loss. An idea can bring no comfort in the face of tragedy or peace in the wake of death. An idea is no substitute for experiencing the love that Jesus was talking about. This is why Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not abandon you. You will have my love to strengthen you, not solely my teaching. The two go hand in hand. One of the most famous of all the English poets in history was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Barrett. She was an invalid for many years. Her illness was so severe that in the end she was so weak, it was said that she could not even raise her head from her pillow. One day she was visited by a man by the name of Robert Browning, who had come to meet the author of the poetry that had inspired him so very much. After his first visit, an amazing thing happened. He left Elizabeth with such joy and happiness that she was able to lift her head. On his second visit, she sat up in bed. And legend has it that on their third visit, they decided to elope and were married. Today she is known as Elizabeth Barrett Browning, the greatest of all of the English love poets. Such is the power of love. Love has the power to heal. It has the power to make well. It has the power to lift drooping heads and fill empty hearts. Real love has the power to do all that. Love has the power to heal. It is important that we must draw near to Christ. We must learn his passion for compassion and learn his willingness to always see the other side. It's important for us to continue to see the love that exists instead of focusing solely on the ugly that the world is content to show us. 
And this is why we open our Bibles and talk about how we can relate or not relate to what is happening in our Bible stories. It's important for us to take personal time in devotion and prayer to give room in our heads and hearts for these messages of love and justice to sink in. It's in these stories about how Christ worked in the world that we begin to come closer to Christ. In those stories, we draw nearer to him. And in coming to him through wanting to know how he saw the world, we ourselves enter the presence of God. And that presence can help us to be well, even when we feel physically alone. God can heal the broken heart. God can fill the emptiness of loss. God can comfort the lonely and strengthen the weak. Sometimes, yes, we do feel like an orphaned child. Sometimes we feel outmatched by life. And always we have a God who loves us. A Christ who understands us and the Holy Spirit, God's presence, to spark faith to life in us. If we open up and let that spark be kindled within us. This day, as we perhaps feel orphaned by God, orphaned by Christ, Let us be reminded of Jesus' words to his disciples when they were cornered and outmatched by life. Will you pray with me? Oh God, you who came in the form of Jesus the Christ, and continue on in your spirit among us. Help us as we seek to know your presence in ever deeper ways in this troubling time. We pray this In faith, this day. Amen.